0: Welcome to Save as Ability, a podcast to educate and inform you about disability employment issues. My name is David Darkangelo, and I'm your disability policy expert. Hey everybody, great to be back with you. It's David Darkangelo, Save as Ability. We keep getting a great response, so please help us get our message out by liking, sharing, commenting, all that jazz. Uh, Today, we're talking a little bit about some keys to Disability Employment Success. And I wanted to bring in a colleague here. So welcome Allie Ingersoll. Allie and I are both on Open Inclusion, which we can talk a little bit about that, Allie, if you want. But really, I'd like to hear from you. You've got such a great story. We've hit it off uh, swimmingly well over the past, what is it, year we've known each other about, Allie? Wow, it has been a year. Yes, indeed. I think it's been a year. So Really I you know you can introduce yourself a little bit but I'd like to soon thereafter get to your keys to disability employment success as a person who was not natively born as a person with a disability your story has been shared widely on LinkedIn I think that's how I first kind of admired you is through that because uh, your story is so genuine and truthful and, you know, at Open Inclusion, we talk about like ableism and, and what is and isn't ableism. And I just find that you defy that and you're kind of like a barrier breaker there. And I, I think that's a good thing. That's some of the things that that I've tried to do throughout my career. So with that, we do not fit in a box. No, we don't. So with that, I want to welcome Allie Ingersoll and turn it over to you for a couple of minutes, Allie.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for having me, David. Um Just a brief background. I'm 40 years old. I broke my neck in 2010 in a shallow water diving accident, leaving me a C6 quadriplegic paralyzed from the chest down with paralyzed hands. I spent after my accident about seven years in hospital with medical complications, working as a full-time professional as a day trader. And then I started fighting health insurance companies when I had a year in bed with a major pressure sore. This started my advocacy career in the disability community which then led to a very long road of how I got here as a disability strategy consultant. So marrying my business and entrepreneurial background with my passion for the disability advocacy community, of which I do a lot of work um, and work as a keynote speaker and a day trader still to this day, and also as a writer. But that's Allie in 30
0: seconds. And that's a great overview, Allie. And really, again, I think the thing I value most is breaking down those barriers and talking about the the real life day to day stuff that it means to uh, work with the challenges that have been uh, put upon you that you that you encounter. And one of the most revealing things, and I think, where you've really gotten good traction is with transportation. And so if you're a person with a disability, like, you know, typical barriers are transportation and figuring out ways to ameliorate that transportation can be very challenging, whether it's a short thing or a long thing, you know, looking at your, what you have to go through to be able to get on an airplane and the way they treat you like cargo is just, you know, it's just terrible. We have miles to go here in America to be able to provide better accommodations for people. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit as one of the keys. Sure.
1: I might we can speak to accommodation. I also think as it comes, when it comes to employment, especially for all folks with disabilities in the pan disability community. I think it really needs to be broken down into youth employment opportunities versus adult employment opportunities. Um, And then from an outcome-based, technological-focused workforce, which we can dive into, and then wellness and belonging with addition to accommodation. So those are the kind of the four high-level umbrella pillars um, breaking down between youth and adult, which I will let you ask the next question or I can keep diving right in. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, uh, employment is a journey, just like disability is a journey, just like our whole human experience is, right? The human condition and the the challenges and opportunities encountered by people at entry level stage of their career versus the mid stage versus the, you know, the a more senior stage, a more mature stage. Maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the things that you've experienced because you spent a large amount of your life without a disability, kind of breezing through those stages.
1: Absolutely. So I spent most of my life um, in my early 20s in politics and then as a financial assets day trader um, when I was able-bodied, and I could work from home. So I never thought about accommodations. I didn't think about disability or the community. And when I broke my neck, technological accessibility became a major um, uh, focus of my life, of course. And this was in a time of 2010 when smartphones first came out which was really life-changing for me with paralyzed hands as well. And years later, when I started to dive into the professional workforce, I have a very entrepreneurial business background, but I started to dive into the corporate world of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, looking for a job there. And I was actually rejected over 17 times in a month. (laughs) And um, I got very far up in the interviews, almost four, four, four to five, six interviews up. And then I got the rejection letter. And it usually came and I notice a pattern after a conversation with HR explaining to them, I can't hide my disability. It is a seen disability. Um, these are the technological accommodations I need. And then I got a rejection letter. So I take that as a pattern. And so that is a very important outcome. And I think a lot of companies focus and they give it the lip service, the DEI lip service, as I say. And that's a huge mistake because I know many folks, as I'm sure you do in the corporate world, where it's just a piece of paper. They don't authentically, holistically weave it into their culture of wellness and belonging, which is huge, especially if you're in the mid-phase or later phase in your career and you have the skill sets already. I'm not speaking to youth employment at the moment. What types of programs are um, companies offering and setting up for those with different access needs who move, think, communicate differently?
0: Yeah. And that could be for a couple of different reasons. One, they simply don't know how to do it. Or two, they're, they're somehow... Air quotes scared away because it's like, well, how are we going to be able to do this and liability and all these other things that you know. I think and we've that's where ableism
1: about. comes in, but it's that veiled ableism. It really is veiled. They don't ableism. know what they don't know, and they're scared to ask. That's exactly you, the right. the two of us are very open and authentic. I put my whole life online: the good, the bad, the ugly, and
0: you know. So your story of uh, fits with the data that we've talked about in previous episodes, where the field mm-hmm. study was performed by Rutgers, and you know, it was disclosed yes, in the I'm, interview and. We've showed that there's less interviews and things like that. So, uh, But I know you're a positive person, as am I. So let's now, we've, we've kind of set the stage here. Let's get to Allie's disability employment keys to success here. Give us some things that you think we can pass on to the listeners and people in their solar system who want to become employed and really want to chase down business opportunities. What are your keys to success? Well, I'm
1: working with a lot of individuals in the youth who are in their 20s right now who are either born with or acquired a disability, and they're having a lot of trouble in the job market. I believe in 2023, just read this yesterday, about 23% of people with disabilities are employed in the workforce in some capacity. But I think very key outcome to success, um, continued success, is really involving vocational job training programs. Um, that's I know that's near and dear to your heart. It's very near and dear to mine because I work with a lot of companies here in the Raleigh Triangle area um, who are working and partnering strategically with vocational rehab, because employment, obviously there's a positive correlation on the quality of life for all those with disabilities and then many unseen in the intellectual developmental disability community. Um, but the challenges for many folks with disabilities in their youth, they face these challenges in the transition from school to work, oftentimes because of their service needs, they're beyond the employment services. It's, it involves healthcare. It involves education, independent living, uh, understanding Medicaid, how you can keep your Medicaid while still working. Because you could, you know, if you have a vocational rehab program that trades you up for a specific skill, let's say to be an accountant, as an example, that's great. But if you have complex medical diagnoses and needs, your health insurance bill, you're not going to be able to live. If you have a starting job of thirty or $40,000 right. in your young 20s, you're going to go broke. You and I have had so that discussion
0: me, many times about why do I want to go work at Walmart for 15 bucks an hour when the benefits will pay me more to stay it, on the couch?
1: It, it's that it's called the services cliff, yeah, essentially. Benefits and cliff, uh, so I think yeah. it's really, yeah, benefits, because yeah. it really ties into that. And so I'm really, really focused on that as well to ensure, to, to really ensuring that their workforce systems offers this seamless access to job opportunities. For example, here in the Raleigh Triangle area, there's a very cool company run by a gentleman named John Samuels, and he's a blind gentleman, and he runs a company called Abler 360, and they focus on training um, all individuals with disabilities for digital accessibility experts, and they strategically partner with a vocational rehab, and their results have been astounding and really successful, but it's how do you create those partnerships, because it's the government. <laughs> I've You worked in the government for decades. You do far more than I do, so I'm not going to preach to the choir. public partnership
0: there, where does that meet? That can be challenging. Well, all right, Allie, we do have about a minute or so left, and I want to make sure you plug your podcast and uh, all of the places people can find you.
1: Absolutely. So I'm known as the Corky Quad. I have a website, CorkyQuad.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Allie Ingersoll, and you can find a link tree. You can find all of my different social media handles. I try to post about the raw, the authentic um, life from um, my daily life and the challenges I go through to um, in my employment journey as well. I think it's about giving people confidence that they're not alone. Sometimes just hearing another people's story and listen and remembering one sentence they said in years from now. I know it's had a profound impact on me because I get my inspiration from others.
0: Yes. Like too. you. Yeah, yeah. And our work together on open inclusion. How can they... I- add to that community.
1: Yes, open inclusion very briefly. Um, David and I have the pleasure of working together. I'm the global community development lead. We are an organization in England um, that partners with 15 um, other countries and organizations where we focus on disability inclusive research, um, focused on working with major corporations who want to make a product service digital environment more accessible, um, whatever that may mean to them. So um, if you are interested in getting involved, openinclusion.com. You could join our community for very well paid research for studies we have going on on a regular basis around the globe.
0: All right. Excellent. Well, Allie, thank you so much. We could talk all day. And let's yes, hope to have could. you back as a guest at some time in the near future. I would love that. Uh, for everybody else, please, we, we've got about 10 of these buttons left, save as ability uh, buttons here, where everybody is in various states button. of ability. So we'll have to do some up for the quirky quad, Allie.
1: I would Some love that. I'll put on my wheelchair. That.
0: But uh, we want to thank Ali Ingersoll for joining us. I want to thank you all for helping us get our message out there. Again, please like, subscribe, share, comment, all that stuff so we can continue to build our audience. Keep those ideas coming to for us for future right? episodes. Because we
1: think with ideas, not information.
0: Yes. All right. Once again, thank you, Allie. Thank you all for joining. Thanks for having me, David. I hope you have a great day. You too. For more information about disability employment issues, please visit our website, disabilityemploymentsolutions.com. The Save As Ability podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel at Disability Policy Expert, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Subscribe, stream, rate, and review our shows your ratings and reviews help our show reach new audiences. Produced by Pod Pro Entertainment. Save As Ability lives within a network of podcasts located at podproentertainment.com. Hashtag The New Radio. Again, my name is David Darkangelo, and I'm your disability policy expert. Until next time. Thank you.